a number of years ago. <laughs> this works good. <laughs> a number of years ago, um, when his dad was living, there was a desire on one or both of their parts to work with one another. And um, I don't know the whole details of that, and I want to hear a little bit more about that. But I say that as a background to this, that a father loves to work with their kids. And it's a huge blessing, okay, to be able to work with their kids. And I had the privilege of doing that for a number of years, working with my dad and uh, in a different variety of capacities, doing some ministry trips and um, getting to be a part of more part of community talks in the past. And then got married, me and my wife are committed to another fellowship. And uh, just, just recently, my father released me into that, that ministry. And it, uh, it's a huge thing. It's a really huge thing. And so I want to honor my dad tonight because what he essentially has done, he doesn't know if he'll get me back. I, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to be next. But I may never come back. And think about that, you know, from someone that you like. You like to be around, you know. Maybe you're not married, you know, so you don't know that dynamic, but some of you have strong, cool friends you want to be near, and you know when they're gone for long periods of time, that's hard, you know, that displacement is hard. And so imagine parents releasing their kids in a variety of ways, you know, sending them out. That's not an easy thing, and especially when you've had a desire to relate in a certain way. So I just want to honor my dad for, for the way that he's done that and released me because, you know, he's he could try to hold on, you know, and that would be easy for me to say, yeah, you know, I'll I'll submit and be in that environment and want to want to be in that environment too. So thank you, Dad, for just being an example of learning how to do that. And uh, so I honor you tonight too. Let's So tonight we're going to be talking about authority. And I want to connect authority to praying and healing. So the first question is, what is authority? That was a question. Uh. <laughs> so, where have you heard that before? I got that from my dad. Uh, so you go ahead and answer that. The, the right to influence. The right to influence. That's really good. Someone write that down, please. <laughs> what else? Intimacy. The right to instigate. Instigate. Responsibility for. Responsibility for. These are all really good. Please, someone write them down. Delegated power. Delegated power. Govern. Govern. I want to talk about 
authority, and there's two ways, I think, of thinking about it. One is the internal, and the other is the external. We think of it primarily in the external with some of the things that we talked about. The other is internal, and my way of, the, of describing that would be like, I want to have eggs for breakfast, so then I go make eggs. That's an intrinsic authority that I have. I have the ability to make a decision and go make those eggs. Okay? Really simple, right? But that is what you carry. You have that ability as a human being. And of course, then there is the external authority that someone bestows upon you. Someone who has power, who has sovereignty, who is able to carry out certain tasks. So, rights, power, influence, strength, jurisdiction, command, dominion, these are all words that are like authority. So, next question. Who has authority? God. God. <laughs> no hesitation. Get it out there fast. I we do. I do. We do. Government. Government. Yeah. Really important there. Police officers. Yeah. Parents. Leadership. Leadership. Pilots. Pilots. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the one sitting in the left seat. Yeah. <laughs> Presidents. Presidents have authority. Okay, so, third question. How does one exercise authority? Making decisions. Making decisions. Say words. Say words. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. These <laughs> What was that? Lead. Yes, lead. Role model. Role model. Relationship. Relationship. Delegate. Serving. Serving. <laughs> the one who has all rights also has all the responsibilities. So, and on one hand, if you think about that in relationship to the cross, that is a pinnacle of God taking responsibility. That's power. That's authority. I take responsibility for mankind. Right? I'm going to go and send my son and take care of things. That's authority. If people are leading, then there's going to be following. Jesus had disciples. And he taught them, and he trained them, and he walked with them. So, let's look at how Jesus exercised authority. John five nineteen. You don't have to turn there necessarily. Actually, I want to. I want you to turn to Matthew uh, seven and eight in that area. In, in Matthew five nineteen. I'm sorry, John. Uh, it talks about 
of Jesus exercising authority like a son. He also said he didn't lord it over them or upon them. Everything that Jesus did was shown to him by the Father, who had all authority. One description of Jesus that he attributed to himself was Son of Man. Why does he call himself Son of Man? Any ideas? He's emphasizing his own humanity. Jesus is both God and man. That's a, that's a whole other teaching there, but it's an important one. That he's 100% God and he's 100% man. And it's a dep depiction of how we were made in God's image. So. Yes, exactly. And when you see that in the, that word in the Old Testament, son of man, it's son of Adam. You know, the first man. So made in the image of God. It's a reminder of, our, of who we, our image is after. So, we're, we're, we're talking about authority and we're bringing it, we're moving in the direction of prayer and healing, okay? So we're keeping that in the back of our mind. And with that, the scripture that comes to mind is in Proverbs. It says, with the tongue, this is a loose paraphrase, if you will, there's life and death. The tongue, help me out here someone. Definitely from the power of the tongue and those who enjoy it, you just think they're out. Excellent. <laughs> Did everyone hear that? <laughs> so we have the ability to bless and curse. There is power in our words. There is authority in our words. So they can have influence. Okay. Not everyone, okay, so this is Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Nope, that's not where I want to read. Start huh. over. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will not deny that. Alright, find my place here. And when Jesus finished saying, this is uh, verse 28 of Matthew 7. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowd were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Very interesting. He had authority. How did he get that authority? Jesus said, I only do what I see with my father doing. So he was operating on delegated authority in the same way that, that we do. And so let's go to the next chapter and read a story. This is verse 5 of Matthew 8. And when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the Saturn replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, 
and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. So what do we learn from this passage? Authority is the capacity to say something and it actually happens. And we're here that authority is the capacity to say something and something actually happens. At the very beginning, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. How did he know he could heal him? That's what he sees his father doing. So, he's not relying on his own understanding. He's relying on the understanding that his father has to carry this out. So, another word that we haven't talked about with authority is confidence. Now, if someone is an expert in something, how do we describe that person when we want to go to that person? Kind of an awkward way to get to my point. Authority figure, or they're the authority on X. So I was working on my car for most of the day, and I wish I would have had an authority on this car because I would have had more confidence and authority and power to carry out the task. If I had been able to call up someone and say, how do you do this? They would say, oh, it's simple. Just hit it really, really hard. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought that. <laughs> Sometimes that's what it takes, right? So someone who's, who's had experience or has been uh, trained someone who has been tested when you think about confidence in material that you know when you know it is when someone asks you a question you can answer it and you're not wavering like, Ooh, I don't know. but when you have confidence when you know you know you know because you just know it so two plus two is uh, you know, so th there's there's no wavering in it. I have authority on that. You know, I know it's for because I've been tested. Someone's asked me it, and I said, "What's for?" You're right. You know, so there's different ways of getting authority, right? Okay. Back to the test. So, what, what is it about the centurion here that teaches us about authority? He's under it. He's under it. Here's, 
here's one something that I'm learning right now, and the best way to learn something is teach on it. So that's why I'm teaching on authority, because I want to learn this. I want to get this. So thanks for helping me out, everyone. <laughs> and the centurion said he was under authority. If you study the New Testament and look at your relationship with Christ, I believe, and in the little bit that I studied, and someone else suggesting this as I studied it, you're not going to find anything that says that you are under Christ. With Christ, in Christ, together with, you know, all these other descriptions, but not under Christ. Why is that? Co-heirs. I think that's a key element right there, that we are co-heirs. Okay? And when you think about the bride of Christ, the body, the church-wide body, we're his body. You know, we're with him. In the same way that a husband and wife were standing next to each other. They're with each other, you know. Okay, so, even though the church understood that there is, you're under someone, Jesus understood that, but there's a special role that we have as the church, as the body. Okay. I want to turn to another passage. Help us give us some uh, more understanding. We're just going to keep turning. Uh, 9. Matthew 9. Okay. So I'm just going to read this passage, and it's the first verse about a paralytic man. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sons are forgiven. Your sons. I mean, and your sins. Your sons and your sins. <laughs> <laughs> we need a, a reader up here. <laughs> and behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, So, this man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. So when I think of relating to my brothers and sisters, and proclaiming something over them and to them using my words, my power, my authority, it's easier for me to think of proclaiming forgiveness of their sins. But when it comes to healing, somehow I separate myself as if I somehow have to do something. And so I think there's a disconnect in our in our understanding of how God operates and how He delegates His authority to us and operate with that. So similarly, 
When we speak a word of peace to someone, it's pretty easy for us to do that. I think. How about you? We're pretty comfortable with that. Peace, brother. Yeah, peace. <laughs> you know, it, or whatever kind of blessing you want to give. But then when it comes to healing, somehow, you know, no, no. Okay. All right. I, I, you know what? I probably should go pray first. Not a bad idea. Okay. <laughs> Start with. Yeah, that would be great. Jesus did that. So I'm not saying not to pray. But there's something here about proclaiming over one another. Words. In the same way that we proclaim an absolution over each other's sin. You're forgiven. As far as the east is from you, the west, your sins have been removed from you. Now those are good words to hear. To be able to speak life to one another in that way. Can we also speak life to one another and say, Can you heal? That's right. Obviously, we can operate out of presumptuous spirit. Okay? But I think we've actually defaulted to that. Or we've defaulted to almost kind of a fear of man. Kind of a fear of having the wrong theology before we speak out on something. Okay? And so I want to suggest that we practice blessing people in the area of healing. Now, there may be times that God doesn't heal. I prayed for a lady this morning, our neighbor that I just met. And just before I was leaving, something came up. I, I can't remember how that conversation went. And I said, oh, wow, I almost missed that. And she's like, oh, yeah, my back was hurt. I'm like, all right, here we go. Hey, I like to pray for people. Can I pray for them? Sure. Now, she wasn't healed. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't stop doing it just because someone wasn't healed. Okay? You know, I might say something to them and say, you know, I'm sorry, I just don't have enough faith today. You know, or maybe tomorrow. So something silly like that, if you want, or we don't need to put, put it on them, right? Okay. I think this might be the last passage here. It was Matthew 10, 25, the one that I was referring to earlier, just if you're taking notes about Jesus not lording it over. Think about that. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he takes his authority, but he doesn't lord it over us. God is just amazing. I just love the way he operates. It's so like opposite of the way we do things. So upside down. Okay. So Matthew 10, the very next chapter now. And he called to him, his 12 disciples, and gave them authority. How did he do that? How did he give them authority? We already kind of touched on this, because he was given authority. Over unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every affliction. That is amazing. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, and his brother, James, and the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the king of Canaan, not Canaan, and Judas, the spirit, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go 
nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick. And that would be pretty daunting to me if Jesus came into the room said, all right, it's uh, training time. We're going to, you know, prep you for ministry. This, this is uh, how we do it. Go. Like, what? That, that was the training time? <laughs> Pretty much. Think about it. There wasn't much instruction. Just go. <laughs> Human. So, do we get to do the same thing? I think so. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pain, you give without pay. Another clue there. But it's not about us. It's not about us. We're, we're just conduits. So if we have a gift of healing, it's not about you, it's about that person. If you have a gift of wisdom, it's not about you, it's about that person. You are showing God's love to that person, That's demonstrating right. His kindness that will lead them to repentance. Amen. Okay? Matthew 28, 18. All authority in heaven has been given to me. Okay? So Jesus has all the authority. We're just using our authority. We're co-heirs. He's the captain. We're the first officer. <laughs> Just make sure I we got everything. So what does this mean for our prayer line? We're at war. There are casualties. And so we have the opportunity to pray and release blessing on one another with the authority that God has given us. So rather than praying, I'd like to suggest that the next time someone needs healing, that you just speak God's life over them. That's right. So this might be one way you would do that. Would you mind... So, Kevin, can I lay hands on you? Absolutely. Okay. So, by the way, do you know you're in for you? My eyes. Sure. Hey, I like Sure. I'm praying for the same one. So, I'm just waiting on the Lord to see if He'd give anything. And maybe during that time I might say something. Say, you know what, I'm just going to keep my eyes open. And you don't have to close your eyes if you don't want to. You can keep them open. But just listen. Okay, God, is there anything that you want to say here? You know, besides just healing. So I just speak life to you right now, Kevin. I just speak life to these eyes right now. I speak wholeness to these eyes. Mm -hmm. It'll be full, clear, mm -hmm. focus, and vision. Mm -hmm. 
In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Amen. Amen. So, just one word that was coming to mind is vision. And um, God wants to actually bring clarity, not just in your eyes, but also in your heart, and also in the next steps. Now, it's not difficult to say these kind of things, because even if that's not true, God wants to do that, you know? Even, I might just feel a little bit like vision. Why is God highlighting vision? So I'm just stepping out, taking initiative, and saying, I think there's something there for him. Okay? It's not my responsibility. I'm not speaking anything ill to him or about him, but I'm just saying, I think there's something there with vision for you. Okay? Yeah. So, and, uh, and leadership relates to that. As, as you have clear vision, there's going to be leadership. Alright, so I think we're going to transition here. A little and, less uh, blurry. A little less blurry. Maybe I'll just say one thing about that. Um, as I was studying this a little bit and talking this over with a, a friend, and he was in, pointing out the fact that Anytime Jesus spoke healing to people and was releasing that over them, often he had some actions, but often he required them to do some actions. And so what that meant for me is that sometimes we have to help people through the process. Uh, that when it says, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom is, is at hand. So we have to help people through the process. There's, there's a, a walk. There's a path. Okay? So... Let's pray. God, thank you that you established us in Christ. That we are found in you. And that you have all authority. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you're including us, your kids, in these kingdom exploits of being able to bless people and minister to people at the core of their need. And I pray that you'd give us a greater sensitivity to your Holy Spirit, that we, yes, wouldn't operate out of presumption, but you would help us to take the initiative yeah. and be bold and be confident. Yeah. Yeah. You are king. You are King. You are Lord. There's no one greater than you. Your name is to be lifted up. And we lift up your name. We proclaim your name. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Thank you, Jesus.